Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of Tangents with Colleen and Mike, the podcast. On today's episode, she's from the same hometown as the two of us. She likes plants. She's a wannabe minimalist bookworm lost in a sea of personal development books. Recently figured out cats are cool. Everybody, give a warm welcome to Flavia. Woo! <laughs> Hello, Flavia. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you, Flavia? Thank you. I'm fine. I'm good. A little bit tired. <laughs> that's our line. Yeah, that's yeah. our trademark. We're going to sue you. Um, I think it's it's worth mentioning that this is the first episode that is recorded completely um, remote. So we're all home at, you know, I'm in, I'm in my home. Colleen's at his home. Flavia's at, at her home. Mm. We're not in the studio, unfortunately, because of uh, current world events going on outside. <laughs> Yet again. Yeah. Yes. Also worth mentioning, we cannot see each other, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, we can't see each other because uh, someone's internet is quite uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. And we didn't want to risk it cutting off, so we just, uh, just yeah, turned off our webcams. At least That's... we have beautiful pictures. I mean, just the two of us. Colleen is it's a big, a big C. A big C. <laughs> yeah, we're using. I'm a big C. What do you mean? I always was a big C. <laughs> <laughs> we're using a Google Meet or whatever it's called. Um, and yeah, I have a profile picture, and Flavia has a profile picture, and Colleen just has a big purple C. Mm -hmm. Well, purple dot and a white sea inside anyway it's a, flavia it's a royal sea a royal sea <laughs> the royal sea that's why it's purple it's a sea shanty ha 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 it's so stupid uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing that live <laughs> no we're not doing it i'm not singing on the podcast maybe on the future tiktok channel i'm not singing on the podcast <laughs> flavia i have no idea who you are please tell me and everyone else who you are and why you're here well I ended up here <laughs> because um, I know Colleen. It's it actually a bit um, awkward to call him Colleen because I never... Fuck. <laughs> Go on. Did you call him Mr. Poopy Butthole or some shit? <laughs> no, but he no, has I... a nickname, okay? Wow. Since high school. I... Do you remember how you ended up with this nickname because i don't i do what's the okay. nickname come on i'm curious i don't know he had a nick i didn't know he had a nickname yeah, yeah he has I, I i call him pingu from <laughs> penguin <laughs> pingu. there are three people alive three of them who know of this okay so now it's everybody thank you very much <laughs> why pingu I don't know. I isn't don't know. that a isn't that a car a children's cartoon? Yeah, but it's not really related to that. So basically, oh. it started with one of um, Flavia's colleagues, a, a mutual friend of ours. Before I actually, so I think I met her first, then I met Flavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. the first encounter I had with this with this girl was she was playing some mobile app game with a penguin that was supposed to jump from iceberg to iceberg oh. and she was playing this for one of my classmates and the very next day she told me 
don't remember. It was somewhere the next day. She told me I looked just like that penguin, and then she dreamt oh, of the she... game or something like that, and then it just stick. No, good to know. <laughs> I didn't know that. Eighty years later, now you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we went to the same high school. You went to the same high school as us? Yeah. Yeah, Mister. Are you Colleen's generation? No. No. You're younger? Um, mm -hmm. Two years, I think. Two classes. Probably mm -hmm. one year because that was early. Early uh -huh. high school. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's and, yeah. no chance that we would have ever met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then uh, university came. And somehow we we haven't kept in touch with each other. But um, I don't know. I saw that you two guys uh, have a podcast. And uh, I think I commented on one, one of his stories, Instagram stories. Um, how are you? Um, how cool is that that you two have a podcast and so on? And this is how we, we ended up here. Of course, we had we had a beer together. <laughs> it's then... convincing, but yeah, it's basically that easy. You want to be on a podcast? Just tickle my ego on Instagram, and then you're here. <laughs> tickle my ego. I was about to say the same thing. Like, ladies and gentlemen, it's that easy. Just be a fan. Shoot us a message, and you'll be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's cool. Do you guys have any fun, crazy, stupid, whatever stories from high school? Hmm. Well, he was um, um, at my, uh, how could I call this, um, 18 birthday party. Super, six, super sweet 18. Oh, yeah. You're super sweet 18. Yeah, and I want to forget those periods. <laughs> you want to forget them? Yeah, because I'm, tot I'm, I'm a totally different person now. You know, you... you all those old photos with you from high school and uh, I don't know middle school and yeah you are a completely different person and you don't want to see those pictures ever <laughs> please tell this to Mike <laughs> no dude I am <laughs> I am he's um, crazy about his old pictures yeah man really? I'm, I'm drowning in nostalgia constantly mm -hmm. my, my well, life is one huge nostalgia trip <laughs> We'll, we'll probably show you after the podcast how Mike used to look. Oh, boy. He's like a I, I, I sent Colleen a picture today. From? <laughs> from 20... Old... Well, from 20... Three years ago. 2015, kind of. uh -huh. not six years ago. From that was like three years ago because we were friends and I didn't have the beard. Oh, the other picture. Okay, yeah, the hmm. picture with the two of us. Yeah, that was three years ago. It was uh, before, before Colleen started growing his beard. So you're, you're, you're basically pleased with your persona in or during high school or... No, I hated myself. Hell no. <laughs> no. You'll, you'll see, Mike without a beard is a completely different person and has a completely different name. Well, yeah. You see Mike without a beard, it's, it's Christy. Yeah. You're supposed okay, to okay. uh, At my first job in, in Romania, uh, at some point I shaved for whatever reason. And when I came to work, nobody recognized me at first. I'm like, who the fuck? Is that a new guy? <laughs> who is and, this country boy? <laughs> yeah, and then they and then they called me Christy. And that Christy. was that's that's my name when I don't have a beard, which hasn't mm -hmm. happened since then. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Hopefully two personalities, yeah. 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 
I mean, and, I I do revert back to a shy, introverted 17-year-old when I shave, so definitely mm-hmm. different personalities. <laughs> you, do you feel exposed? I do. I feel very naked and very sort of... I feel like I need to ask permission to go out. I need to like, Mom, can I go out with my friends? <laughs> it's It's bad. But what about you? Why are you ashamed of... Or I don't know, why do you... What's, well, what's the deal? I have, I have changed and I don't know. I, 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 it's not that I'm ashamed, but I somehow don't recognize myself in, in that person anymore. What are you ashamed you know, of I, I from back a, then? A, sorry? What are you ashamed of? <laughs> I, I had um, a, a crown. A crown? A crown, yeah. That's on her birthday party, the crown yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but you do, you do know they say the, the harder you cringe on your old stories and stuff you created, the more you've matured and grown from it. So, you, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like <laughs> yeah, I like that story. Yeah. Imagine. Wow. But yeah. Do, do you have any embarrassing moments that you're extra ashamed of? Maybe she hmm. doesn't, but. I, but think about it like this. Her parents from that day know me as the guy who dances. Or the boy who dances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you do and dance. You, yeah, well, yeah. A lot, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Tell me embarrassing stuff about Colleen. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but he was, I think, to many of my colleagues' um, A-theme birthday parties. Right? That's not true. I've been to yours. Your, mine, and, and Diana's. No. No. And some of my um, male colleagues. Or no. But I do remember that we uh, we've been together to a lot of parties. I don't know how <laughs> or why. I do remember this. I don't know any uh, embarrassing stories about Colleen, Mike, but. Ooh. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. Lucky bastard. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you do nowadays? I work. Okay. What do you work? Mostly. Most of the time, I work at the university. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? For... Do you teach? No. For three months. Yeah, I'm pretty new. Um, okay. I work at the international department. Okay. Um, at the Erasmus Plus office. So basically, I'm in charge with all of um, our students. So the students from West University mm-hmm. who want who who want to to um, benefit of an Erasmus experience. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, you know, I I promote the. The program, the Erasmus program, I talk with the partners, universities from Europe and outside outside Europe. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to put you back on, on, on duty, but this is the best chance to tell the people what Erasmus is. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, if you are um, a student, if you, if you learn uh, well enough... <laughs> So that you have, um, how how can I say this? 
the degree, uh, good marks? Yeah, yeah, good marks and uh, the it, average of the marks, I don't remember now. So you need um, to be I, a, a good student. Let me... Yeah, if I remember correctly, I used, we're supposed to have something like an average above eight, then you're supposed to pass all your exams, right? Yes, Santa Rupshi Putin, it's fine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Breaking character. Ooh, fourth wall has been broken. So it's all fine right, uh, now, right? Yeah, yeah. We can okay. Do okay. Okay. So basically, I, I said that you need to learn well. You, yeah, and you need to be a UVT student. Um, with all your exams promoted in the moment of your departure and, you know, to come up with some papers and um, a language certificate to to your, uh, your, your faculty. And you can go on an Erasmus experience from uh, starting from two months um, up to 12 months. Okay. Define, yeah. define Erasmus experience. Erasmus experience, well, it's, um, it's a program from the European Union mm -hmm. um, in which you can go to study outside your country to one of our program uh, partners inside Europe or um, uh, partner program, uh, partner countries outside Europe. Okay. So what? And yeah, go ahead you can um, obtain a grant and this grant differs from country to country starting from i don't know 500 um, euros up to uh, 700 euros it depends where you go hmm. this is like country. like like pocket money yeah yeah money for um for living basically right accommodation and food it's not much but it's it's something yeah, they, but they can help you it also depends on where you go because one of the reasons i've heard most of people come to romania or they choose romania as their Erasmus destination is mm -hmm. because this pocket money is quite a lot for <laughs> for our living standards so basically you just you just come from whatever to romania and you have a party for like cover months Mm -hmm. You booked your Erasmus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we have quite a lot of students here in Romania. I've but heard, not now, of I, course. I've heard that students come to Erasmus to Romania because they don't have to study a lot here. <laughs> and mm -hmm. plus yeah. that pocket money, they can party quite a lot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what well, I heard. You know, don't quote me. <laughs> have you been to... I, I didn't study here, so by default, I've, I've studied in mm -hmm, a different country. Mm -hmm. You were by default an Erasmus student. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Colleen, did you? No, I haven't, but I did uh, leverage some other people's Erasmus experiences. Mm -hmm. For instance, that's how I got to surf in Portugal, because of one uh, of my friends right. there, Erasmusing. Mm -hmm. What about you, Flavia? Did you, did you go to an Erasmus thing? Yeah, I haven't been uh, with studies because there are two. There are two um, possibilities: uh, you can study, or you can um, go 
to an organization and um, basically you can um, go on an internship but without money unpaid okay. unpaid internship right yeah and um, I've been to Erasmus placement in Italy for two months oh wow yeah in 2018 how was that amazing it was the coolest experience yeah back um, in the days when yeah. you could travel <laughs> mhm yeah well i lived in a very small um village in the southern italy mm-hmm. um and i had as i have told you um this this grant um the money i mean but i haven't had the opportunity to um to spend it okay. there in that village and after my mobility ended i actually um had the opportunity to travel all around italy <laughs> with all all the money oh wow got. yeah yeah that's that's pretty good so you saved up all the money you didn't you didn't have anything to spend it on the village and then yeah, you just traveled with it food <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. not bad it's pretty good mm-hmm. so what, what's your mm-hmm. favorite thing about italy well, I, I love um, the culture and the language. I've studied uh, Italian at university. Oh, okay. Yeah, but started it from from the baseline. I haven't uh, known any Italian before mm. coming here. And it was pretty hard at the beginning, but, but I really love it. I enjoy Italian, Italian culture, yeah. their language, their, I don't know, food. <laughs> I, was just, I was hoping you were going to say this because everybody says they love Italian food most out of everything from Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is something. Someone, Someone's having an ambulance party in the background. Two of us have it's the same ambulance <laughs> hearing it twice. Oh, because you two live in the same neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was oh, about funny. to mute myself just to get rid of it, but now <laughs> he had to point it out. This is how you know we live close by. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It'll, <laughs> it'll come out in post. We are neighbors. <laughs> I mean, Kipe will give a more East european Yes, of course. Welcome to podcast of Eastern Europe, where we talk about Eastern European things. So, Mama Liga. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It's so, funny because I when when we 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 studied um, during our exam session with my colleague, and when we when we got sick of everything because at literature languages and literature we have like twelve exams <laughs> in the exam session. Christ! And um, <laughs> so wait, you studied that, you studied literature in yeah, in university, yeah. okay? And when we got sick of everything, I usually, I did th- this, um, started doing my Russian accent with my, <laughs> my my reading when we learn. All right, hit me. What's your Russian accent? Well, ask me something. <laughs> Just say something. I don't know. What's your Russian accent? That's the question. Well, my Russian accent. Holy shit. Is... Um... <laughs> That's quite good. It's not bad. Yes. Keep I can going. talk in my Russian accent for a very, very long periods of time. You see, Mike, Flavia's fluent in Matryoshka. <laughs> that, just, that just sounds like Eastern European to me. <laughs> it is Eastern European. I have it in my blood. 
Yes, I believe you do, but you you know you have to round up the vowels a little bit. Although this sounds more Ukrainian than Russian, to be honest, but mm, that is still okay. 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 Good to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he I mean, doesn't, but you never compete with Mike at voices. Yeah. Never. yeah. He has a very beautiful yeah. accent. Oh, thank he you. He has all the accents. I have yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. very much. It's, do you know what? Like, the podcast is just like an excuse to brag about my beautiful voice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, it's not. Colleen will beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, why did you go and study literature? What was the motivation of that? Did you mm, do because, a uh, high school high school uh, philologist profile? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. I I like uh, as I said, I like reading. Mm, I have all, always uh, liked Italian culture and I, want, I wanted to study the language. And I thought, okay, I haven't um, actually taught much about um, jobs and, you know, future. <laughs> but just, you know, I like literature, I like, I like books. I just go there and see. <laughs> Did you have like an Italian special- specialization or something? Uh, at the university, you mean? Or yeah. In- yeah, double, double spe- specialization, I think, or I, I don't know how should I call it. It, it is English and Italian. Okay, okay. Like a double major, okay. basically. So wow. here's here's what I want to know because I usually try to ask this who to whoever ever finished a different university than I did, and mm-hmm. it's just an extension from something you learned in high school. That's what I want to know. So we all know what we did in Romanian literature in high school and also in English, as much literature as we covered. Mm-hmm. What more than that do you do in the university? And how are you supposed, ideally, to, to use this information? Mm. Well, at university is a different thing because we start with um, historical and um, social background. Uh, when we start to study um, literature period before and the ending up studying um, a, a specific book, and this is the things that uh, should <laughs> stay with you. You know all those details: political, uh, social, cultural um, details uh, that uh, form um, a current and uh, a book eventually. Okay, so basically the whole background that led to. A specific cultural mm-hmm. phenomena that is exemplified by one book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so basically, you're a um, book historian, in a way. Mm-hmm. I think it's too much. No, a philologist. Right. What's your favorite yeah. literary uh, current? Um, modernism. Okay. Yeah, What's yeah. Like... Modernism, I think it's a very tough question when you ask someone what's your favorite book, your favorite song, your, you know. But I think one of my favorite authors for modernism is uh, Virginia Woolf. I've heard of that. She... Well, that's nice. <laughs> she has a, a beautiful way of, of, of writing. It's 
she's a novelist and she writes in a poetic way. She's, okay. She's very deep. <laughs> oh, her name's spelled I... with two O's. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Oh, she's yeah, British. Yeah. She's yeah. She's British. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mine, so which one's yours? What? Which one's yours? What mine? Yeah. My favorite author? Not author. Um literary current? Literature. Exactly. Dude, uh-huh. I I just found out today what that is. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna answer that because I'm not a file a philologist yeah so but you're in... more into you know as i said um personal development books because they are a thing today well uh, i can tell you what i'm reading right now <laughs> it's a book by god called robert wright uh it's called oh. non-zero history evolution and human cooperation it's robert wright Right with the W W R I G H T. Okay. It's a book about the human consciousness, I guess, in terms of evolution and technology and culture. It's mm-hmm. it's very similar to Joel oh. Harari's mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very I know similar. this guy. Yeah, it's very similar to this. I think he wrote a different book that's more famous than this one. Something the Animal Farm or some shit. Uh no, he 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 wrote something on Buddhism. Oh yeah, I think Robert Wright. Uh, yeah, yeah. Books. Wait, Mike's producing. Oh yeah, why Buddhism is true. Yeah, yeah. This this kind of stuff because uh, during the lockdown, I was in Arad and I was supposed to write my um, um, MA paper. Yeah. And of course, I I didn't do that. Of and I started um, <laughs> some courses on Coursera, and one of, those, uh, <laughs> one of those, one of those was uh, a course about uh, Buddhism. Wow! Um, didn't know they had that. Yeah, and Robert Wright uh, was the professor. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I and I quite enjoy it. Wow, that's I okay. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I like him. He wrote that in 2017. This book's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to subscribe to Coursera right now. <laughs> God, he wrote Non-Zero in 2000. Wow. So much has non-zero, changed. Non-Zero, you said. Yeah, Non-Zero. It's, mm-hmm. I, if, you, if you've ever heard of... This is the way I always, I always present it. Have you ever heard of uh, the Foundation series by... What's his face? Asimov. Uh, oh, Isaac Asimov. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in in those oh, in that okay. series, the main yeah. the main character, uh, Hari Seldon, he writes the book on psychohistory. So mm-hmm. ba- basically, non-zero in our reality is like the equivalent of the psychohistory, sort of. I don't think it predicts okay. the future, but it sort of looks at patterns in civilization. Okay, so it's. It's scary in a way. <laughs> it's, uh, you know what? It's the book's small, but it's very thick. The pages mm-hmm. are very thin, and the text is very small. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those books. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like three hundred, almost four hundred pages of of mm-hmm. stuff, and it's I'm a slow reader, so I'm gonna finish this by November, maybe. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's ambitious. Yeah, I know. Have you ever heard that quote that history never repeats itself, but human human nature does? No, I haven't. Now you did. Wasn't it? Not, wasn't the quote that nature is whatever destined or something to repeat itself? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that like the I original mean, quote? I'm not sure. <laughs> it sounds like you just butcher it together right now. Wait, what did I say? <laughs> exactly. Something with nature no fucking history is repeats itself or whatever i don't know yeah well yeah the original quote is history always repeats itself that's the one that's what i wanted to say that's the one but then there was an adaptation to this one that says history doesn't necessarily repeat itself but human nature does Mm. or or people do something like that okay is this in any way shape or form uh presented in in this book you're reading Oh, dude, I don't freaking know because I, <laughs> I've been for the past. Man, you're just lying to me about you're reading this book. You just have it on your bed and you're pretending you're reading. Dude, I'm holding it in my hand. No, I'm on page fifty-four on chapter five, called oh, "War." What is it good for? I don't know, man. I've been like I'm reading this on the back burner, sort of, because I've been I've sort of restarted listening to uh, Maps of Meaning uh in podcast form from from jordan peterson so my mind is just full of existential dread in that right now but the (laughs) last the last thing i remember from this book that i read is um actually it's a really interesting point that he makes he makes a point that um sort of the technological the the speed of technological evolution for a group of people or a tribe or a state or like something like that uh is not determined by the abundance of natural resources but rather is determined by the uh size like the population of that tribe or state and that's interesting because it makes i think the guy is is going like from from very early on in history and is going out for like actual history uh so he's starting out talking about bushmen and tribesmen and like african tribes and native american tribes and stuff like that and he's he's comparing the different tribes and how they evolved and like how the anthropologists found stuff and they correlated things and it's it's pretty interesting yeah yeah i don't know anyway what what's what are you reading right now you beautiful man (laughs) I need to decide. I put two books on hold. So I had uh, Chris Hadfield's biography, which I've kind of paused a long time ago. Mm. Then I had the Carl Jung, Jung, Carl Jung's book about the occult phenomena, which I read like three quarters over, and then it kind of uh, deviated from the point I, I bought it for. And I think it was last weekend that I had this disappointment but well to be fair it was i was making it my with my own hand but i was given this book two books actually one a huge one and a really small one about the eastern religions Hmm. and 
I'm always skeptical about these these books because they usually are just propaganda. But this one, this one had me uh, lower my guard because it said how you can travel to distant planets without leaving Earth. And I was okay, maybe it can be interesting. Take, I hated it. Take math. I completed it. What? Do drugs. Take math. <laughs> yeah. You'll be on That's a different planet. <laughs> it's basically I don't know how it's it's a small book. It's I read it in a couple of hours, but it's just it's completely empty from what I've read. Mm. There's no there's nothing to it basically. Just praise to God. I mean, yeah, praise to God. Love him almost to a cultish level of adoration, and then just yeah, we'll figure it out. Like what? What? Seriously? That's it? Mm. Without any specific answers. I mean, there there are a couple of guidelines, but basically, it's what I said. It 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 puts you in this cult-like mentality. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to sing the name of God wherever you go. You're supposed to limit the time you spend with people who are not doing that, and Oh, thank okay, you. but but you, you like know. like spiritual shit. <laughs> that is a right? good word to use. <laughs> That's the word I would use. <laughs> I do like spiritual shit. I have not found a spiritual book that I like yet. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, what's what's the word? Like a lot of juju shit. Like juju shit. Yeah, they're not. I don't I, know. I can't well, take them seriously. Because if you come across to a specific and beautiful spiritual book, please share. <laughs> I I so in in my youth, I um I used to be fascinated by spirituality and stuff and I would buy a lot of books but not necessarily read them because I I'd, I'd yeah. read a couple of pages and then I'd be like this is not for me because it implies a certain mindset mm-hmm. so it's not a book i haven't come across a book about spirituality that's sort of like crash course into spirituality it's mostly like they're aimed towards the people with dreadlocks and face paint that go to raves right they're <laughs> or whatever they're sort of they're aimed for that and it's i'm i, I was never in a right mindset to read that and go oh yeah that makes sense i was always like i read it and I'm like i don't get it Mm-hmm. The, the thing I hate about them is the, the fact that they're really not pragmatical at all. Exactly, exactly. You're just supposed to read them, learn the language, and then just spit it out. And internalize it somehow and then spit it out. And that's yeah. it from what I saw. I have a couple of YouTube channels if you want Crash Course into Spirituality. Oh, no, I'm not interested. I was just making a, a, a analogy. That, that I can help with. Books <laughs> I have not yet found a reliable source. I mean, a a pleasant to read source, not necessarily reliable. Mm. What are you What are you reading right now, Flavia? I have started a book about um, mindfulness that I think uh, this Robert the Wright um, talked about in his course. Okay. Um, by mm, Joseph Goldstein, I think. Uh, is the right pronunciation, but I am at the very beginning of it, and I kind of uh, try to read two in the same time. One for personal development, this would be mindfulness, and one, you know, literature. Now I, I 
I've almost, I, I'm almost done with um, Elena Ferrante, an Italian author. Mm. Um, if you if you heard if you have heard about uh, my brilliant friend, I think it was a series on HBO. It rings a bell. Yeah, my brilliant friend, friend Lamica Geniale. It's a it's a series by Elena Ferrante. Okay, and she wrote she wrote this book that the TV show is based on. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. There are four volumes. And um, I am almost done with the first one, <laughs> not with the whole series. Hmm. What's yeah? Here, here's a. Here, I have a. I have a. I'm very curious about this. It's a. It's a heavy question. But what's your favorite, favorite, favorite number one best favorite book in the world, ever? Oh my god! <laughs> I think it is waves. Waves by by um by Virginia Woolf. Okay, what's uh, it about? Let me check. What is what's yours? I... While she's checking. Yeah. Sorry. Mike, what's yours while she's checking? Oh, mine. I have a whole story about mine. <laughs> <laughs> what what's yours, Colleen? Oh, mine is simple. It's the fifth science. Oh, the one by Exurbia. The one by Exurbia, indeed. We should popularize on this podcast about Exurbia. Wait, 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 what did you say? The mm -hmm. fifth science. The, mm -hmm. the fifth science. I think I have three or four of his books. Shit, I forgot about them. Because they, they were for free on his website at the beginning of the pandemic. So I downloaded them. Um, and I had them as PDF. But I've, I forgot about I keep forgetting about them. So did I. They're saved, I think, both on my phone, my laptop, and my yeah, tablet, I but I never picked them up. But they're there just in case. The Waves is a 1931 novel by Virginia Woolf and is considered to be her most experimental work. Oh. Is this the one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the one. Want to go into detail what it's about and why you love it? And why it's experimental? <laughs> mm -hmm. I have um, read this a long time ago. Uh, in my first year, actually, of um, university, but is um, the waves are actually the metaphor um, for the life most important milestones, let's say, childhood, um, oh. yeah, maturity, you know. <laughs> but I I'm spitting, you know. But uh, it's. It's so nice uh, and well written that you don't actually get um, this metaphor from the beginning of the book because there are a lot of characters. The sun and the sea are um, described in a way at the beginning of the book and in another way at the end of the book. And you should pay very close attention to all of these details so that you end up uh, with the discovery that, hey, this is about life. This is about the milestones, and it's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. this is the, the thing about modernism. They don't actually tell you much. <laughs> you have to guess, and mm. it's cool. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Colleen, why do you like yours? What's special about the fifth science? Yeah, yeah. It's uh... whenever you're ready. 
So basically, the book is about it's a collection of short stories about how the human civilization will evolve in the far distant future. What's special about it is probably is the first time I ever read something that will go in the far distant future and it's still connected to the present day. And the fact that uh, while I was reading this, probably two summers ago, I think, I would have this whole routine in my Sundays. We'll go, I will go into a park, set up my hammock, or just sit in an existing hammock in the sun, reading this book and listening to, to music. And I remember a couple of times I would just, just put the book on pause, look around, and just contemplating that the, there are people around me, everybody with his whole different life experience and existence and thoughts and everything and just question myself why are we not just why aren't we as a civilization collectively working and raising the happiness level of everybody in the world it sounds a bit cheesy but the thing is it, it, the book just made me feel things and think about stuff and i really liked it it was probably my gateway drug into sci-fi although quite late if you ask me Hmm. That's your gateway into sci-fi? I I don't think I actually read sci-fi properly until then. Dude, you need to read the foundation. <laughs> you keep telling me that, but it's just so long. <laughs> you only need to read the first one and you'll be hooked. That's what happened to me the second time. <laughs> you just do it once and then you get a wild asimo for your whole life. <laughs> um, My favorite book of all time is really stupid because... It is called um, Hackers, Heroes of the Computer Revolution by Stephen Levy or Levi or whatever. It's a book from 2010 and it is a sort of a... It's you know how, how people make docudramas about something real? That it's kind of like half documentary, half like reenactment, dramatic, whatever. It's it's sort of that, but in book form. So the guy talks about the evolution of the computer from like MIT and and uh, uh, Caltech or whatever the fuck it's called um, from like the seventies and the eighties. But it's it's really f fucking well written. It's like that's the thing. Like the topic is is alright. It's it's important to me as a developer, I guess. But the way it's written, it's just, it's so good. It, it, it's like. <sighs> so it's a book suitable for non-developers as well? Oh yeah, definitely. It doesn't, it's not very technical. It's not tech, it's not technical at all. It, it talks about computers and stuff, but it's, it's written like a novel. It's written like, like, a, I don't know. It, it's, there's like, there's like, I remember this part in the book where they talk about this guy who, and, and these are all like these are all real characters and those are all real events that actually happen 100 percent uh but they're written in such a form of like uh and then he opened the door and before him stood the magnificent computer ti whatever and then he wrote music on it and there's this whole description about how this guy wrote a mozart or some shit uh, to play on the they, they hacked the computer to play music and there's this whole like two free pages description of how they were like uh, looking amazed at this machine made out of 
you know, silicon and steel and whatever that made the most beautiful sound ever known to man and everyone was bah and it's it's oh. it's so fucking well written. It's really good. I really like it. <laughs> and it's stupid because <laughs> like I love Asimov and like that's such a huge thing. Like the Foundation series is my favorite thing. But this stupid little book by this journalist, because Stephen Levy's a journalist, it's just so good. It's so well written. I really like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fangirling. <laughs> but what's your entire story about it? Because you said you have an entire story about that it. That was it. That, that's my story. Yeah. So basically, your story is you like it. Yeah, it's real written. The excitement. <laughs> oh, it's like lamactic. You're so oversold. Well, no, because if I if I would have told you then, uh, like the name, because you wanted the name, uh, you would have been like, "What, really? A book about computers?" And I would have been like. Ah, it's, it's more than a stupid book about computers. It's a whole story, and the way it's written is amazing, and it's it's great. You see, I am a tech nerd, but I do not want to say that my favorite book is about tech. Yeah, me neither. That's why I wanted to hold, say the story, as well as the fact that it's a tech book. It's not a tech book. It's 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 light reading. It's very light reading. Okay, gotcha. <sighs> <laughs> well, that's out of the way now. Um, hmm. I'm, yeah, you, you are, you mentioned about this, but what I'm really curious, like what determined you to do literature? Like, why not go into something else? Like what was the main, um, thing that determined you to go study this? I liked it. Um, and my summer, my summer days were spent in this way. I, um didn't have many friends in my childhood <laughs> sad mm. childhood but um i uh, remember sitting outside we we had a big yard and i spent all my summer days outside reading books of all sorts and i said this is what i'm doing i guess i should give it a try and study it um at a university. Hmm. Yeah. What? How do? You, how does it? How does it tie into to? If it ties in in any way to like your job or what you work or? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It doesn't, and I I think that if you are not a teacher, I don't know how or when are you able to use literature. In your job. Yeah, I was going to say, how does it tie into, like, your life? Like, where do you see it? Where does it spring to life? Yeah, that's the problem, because you, you don't, if you are not a teacher with this uh, faculty, studying languages and literature, um, you don't have many options. Yeah, but surely it, it's, it's like math, right? Doing, no one who does math is going to be a mathematician, or, you know, most people won't be. But you do math to sort of develop that part of your brain, like that problem-solving thing. Surely, mm -hmm. literature and especially the analysis of literature d develops some part of your brain in some way that makes you look at life different or whatever. Yeah, yeah, probably. I do have some connections now in mm -hmm. my brain, but um, on this level, as as I said, of cultural and. Uh, you know, when when we are talking about the 
literature culture um cultural movement or i don't know mm-hmm. i most probably would be able to recognize it or to put the finger on a, um, on a map where did it all start and that's the thing so mainly a um general culture mm-hmm. would yeah. you reckon it will help you if you wanted to be a writer of any sort like maybe you could write novels but you could write maybe articles or mm-hmm. blog posts or whatever just writing in general yeah the, i think this is kind of what mike's trying to ask yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um we had a creative writing course at our um faculty um that was useful as you for for what you you were asking Mm-hmm. in in this direction it's it's pretty hard to to write uh good stuff you know i remember that our teacher told us that we have to name a thing an object or a or a, a being that we really love and of course um i chose dogs and now dogs uh, <laughs> dogs dogs <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the teacher said to us that um, now that you have the objects or the person, the the beings, uh, you have to write a text in in where you should um, eliminate or kill or, you know, yeah, basically in my case to kill the dog, the dog. kill the dog? Um, what the yeah, hell? Yeah. Basically just Game of Thrones it. Probably, probably. But... It's hard to do this with very specific verbs and uh, adverbs and, I don't know, um, for a thing that you really love. Yeah. Just imagine that, you know, describing the death or the, the killing of your best friend or, I don't know, your, your dog, your cat, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That would be and, an interesting experiment, yeah. Yeah, it's it's something, hard. and and she also <laughs> made us write about sex. Oh no! Ooh, I tried that once. No, yes. I, I'm a firm believer that nobody can write good about sex. Yes, it's so hard. <laughs> That's what she said. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. It, you, yeah, you had to. It it sounds it sounds I don't know. <laughs> funny or awkward or and the, the the thing that you had to hand this in to your your teacher makes it even more awkward <laughs> yeah yeah here are is the, a... are the top students in the creative uh, uh, writing course the best best sexters out there <laughs> I, I wonder yeah i, really doubt I that. don't know <laughs> well there's another uh, idea somebody told me, I think this was in high school, but they told me that their Romanian teacher taught them this exercise. If you want to practice your ability to just write, try describing a corner of your room in two pages. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody told me, you, know, you can find some, like there's a spider web and then you just have to go so to jump from that to somewhere. So the spider web may be... It represents the loneliness or the mm. abandonment or something because nobody took care of the corner and whatever. So that's just a way of practicing this. Exactly. 
But that being said, I have a weird question, and it's probably a difficult one to answer. Because we recently had on the podcast um, an artist, a, a painter, and I'm thinking, because I'm trying to wrap my head around this thing, is taking writing and comparing it to painting or drawing. Have you ever had like this idea of how the two might compare or how they could go maybe hand in hand? Hmm. Writing and painting, you say? Yeah, like the similarities of the process. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm asking. Hmm. Well, I think in every artistic process, you you need to had your personal experiences. That well, you need a muse. You need um, inspiration, and for every artistic process. Um, you need inspiration, even though we are talking about painting or writing or whatever. But I don't think I I am I'm good at writing, um, you know, novels or poetry or this kind of stuff. Have you I ever would, done? Have you ever I, done this sort of writing? Yeah, I have written an article for my uh, MA paper, in where I've talked about how the identity of the nowadays journalist um, has changed. Hmm. So basically, I said that um, the journalists nowadays are a mixture between professionals and amateurs. So the pro-am identity of the journalists. And to give an example of this amateur side of the journalist, I, um, of course, tried to um, publish an article on a platform. And that was my time <laughs> when, uh, when I wrote something on Medium. Have you heard about Medium? Yep. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, on Medium. I wrote something about um, American politics, but on... I try to look at it because it's pretty hard for a non-American <laughs> to talk about American politics. So I looked at this in from a from another perspective. I talked about identity, not necessarily politics as a whole um, field. Hmm. Yeah. You must have done a lot of research for that, mm-hmm. especially because you're not American. Exactly. But we had an American professor and he was so cool. <laughs> hmm. Unfortunately, the, the, the lockdown came and uh, he need to return back home in the States. No, that's shit. Yeah, yeah. So we only had like two face-to-face meetings. But you've uh, you finished your MA, right? Yeah, yeah, this summer. So you are now... Online. You are now a master of literature. In in American studies. <laughs> actually, yeah, because the master Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called American Studies. So when are you moving to the States? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that on the roadmap? Mm, not necessarily. I don't know. I want to travel a lot with my job, hopefully. Yep. Yeah, because we do have this this um I don't know, projects that we need to attend. Okay. Yeah, one in Europe and one outside Europe, but I don't know. It's pretty complicated with the pandemics. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Complicated all of our lives. Mm-hmm. What were you, what were you supposed to do? Or where were you supposed to go? Attend um, trainings, staff training weeks, they're called. So basically, they're um, trainings for uh, university staff members. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And you choose your country. And you go. With you get to choose Erasmus the country program. you want to go? Yeah, yeah, you can choose. What would you have chosen? Well, I have done a little bit of research today because I just want to go somewhere. <laughs> and I found something in Spain, I think. <sighs> but then again, I don't know. The reason I want to go to Spain is Colleen. <laughs> I don't know why, because he went to Port <laughs> Portugal, but still. I want. I don't know. I want to go to that side of the world. You you haven't been there yet. No, I've never been. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Uh, no, I've never been to another Latin country. Mm -hmm. I've okay. Been, I've been to UK and I've been to Germany. Mm -hmm. And to a bunch of Scandinavian countries, but I've not been to any other Latin country. Have you been to Denmark? No. I've been no. to okay. Sweden and Norway. Mm -hmm. uh, I I like uh, the I like this part. I like the the Scandinavian minimalist design. Oh and, yeah, and the 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 wooden houses at like minus a billion degrees that stay warm. Yes, it's yes, yes. Crazy, and the and the smelly fish and the uh, <laughs> the brown is it brown cheese? Can't even yeah, remember. Brown cheese. brown cheese. I haven't tried it. Is it brown cheese? I think it's brown cheese. I have got it. Yeah. Been like, I think I went in 2015 or some shit uh, mm -hmm. there. But yeah, I think it's brown cheese. Br br brunost? Brunost something? Oh, it's Norwegian. Okay. Okay. So it's something specific. Yeah, it's really good. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's kind of sweet, but it's, it's nice. I've tried really something good. sweet from Denmark with cinnamon. I love cinnamon. Can you say can you say chocolate in Danish? Not really. <laughs> God, it's the most it's the most pathetic word I've ever heard in my life. Do you know about what is that? it? No. Like, what? So okay, so Danish is a weird fucking language. Yes. Uh, and because it's like it's not, it doesn't Hungarian. sound. Yeah, it English, doesn't. German. Yeah, it doesn't sound anything like any of the other Scandinavian countries. Like it doesn't sound anything like Swedish or Norwegian. It just sounds like you're choking on something and you're trying to speak <laughs> Norse or whatever. So, like, okay, the word for chocolate in Danish is chocolat, <laughs> which is the fuck is that? It's just it's a bunch of noises. It's no, it's, all... it's like chocolat. All their words end who, up with. Yeah, it's so it's who talks like that? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I used to live in the in the house with the with the Danish girl in in London, and that and she told us, and we were all like, "What the what the hell, what the hell, dude?" <laughs> yeah, they have a funny language. Yeah, it's weird, but hey, mm -hmm. they have one of the most advanced edu educational systems or whatever, and economic models or whatever in Europe. Yeah. 
the bicycles also also are a thing. Isn't that that's that's the Netherlands? I feel yeah. It's but, more okay. the Netherlands. I mean, yeah, uh, Denmark yeah, yeah. too. But I think, and also mm-hmm. weed is legal in a couple of cities in Denmark. Yeah, from what yeah. I've heard. Not that I know anything about that, of course. Of, of course. course. <laughs> I don't know if any because I've heard from a friend there's a green district somewhere in Copenhagen. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. it's called Christiania. Oh, really? I never knew that. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, okay. Not yeah, for the weed, I presume. No, we were tourists. Good. <laughs> We were there for culture, of course. Yes, yes culture. <laughs> Research. Hey, that's the one. Yeah. That's even a better word. That's a good word. <laughs> it's a pretty colorful area. That well, it has to be. Color houses, right? What? Isn't that isn't that where the all those color houses are? Like they're this. Houses that look like you're you're in the Netherlands. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Isn't it another one? No, that's New Hoon. I think it's that the pronunciation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a port. Ah, right, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old, the old one. Mm. Got it. Because I I knew I made this mistake a couple of times because I always saw the architecture of the houses and I thought it was Netherlands. And when you go to the Netherlands, the houses do look like that. But they're not that colorful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been to the Hague, and it's not, it's not that amazing. I mean, it's all right, but they have, they have. <laughs> I, laws. Impressed. No. I don't know if there's laws or rules that dictate how can you color your house in order to be in the same color palette as the whole street. I've Whoa. heard something about that. Nice, nice. I remember hearing something about that. It could be that I've told you. Yeah, maybe. It's and where like, is that? Then the Netherlands in general. Uh huh. Okay. Because it's, it's also perfect. an Italian um, island, in where they have the same policy of. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. E Isola di Burano. Hmm. I think it's in ah. Venice. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. I've never been to Italy. Imagine the Romanian being fucking told how to paint his house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can already God, I can already fucking hear it. I'm sorry for our for our foreign listeners, but I can already hear it like <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> not, yeah, not, it's funny because it's true. It's not so to mention the big houses with golden towers. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> tell those people to make their house blue. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm good sh- luck with that. I'm sure a lot of people would be very uh, verbose about the fact that those are Roma houses, not Romanian houses. I am yeah. not one of those people, but you know, I'm it's sure. Still it's yeah. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's crazy. Um. The speak- Speaking of, uh, we introduced it as a, how was it, a wannabe, a beginner minimalist? And you uh, said about the yeah. minimalism. Mm-hmm. Here's a power on that. How did you get to be a minimalist? 
I think it all started two years ago when we went to Venice with only one backpack. So I think for you guys it's normal, but for us it's not. We call it boschetta reale. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I call it minimalism. <laughs> okay. So it was so, I don't know, clean and smooth and easy. Just three dresses and one pair of shoes and that's it. That's life. That's the life. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I plan to to stick to this, um, I don't know, cleaning method in where I take each category from my house, starting with my clothes and, I don't know, ended up with my uh, <laughs> memories, so to call my um, valuable items such as photographs and, I don't know, all sorts of notebooks from childhood and high school and, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I want to clean all this up and have a very minimalism, a minimalist uh, lifestyle. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I want to sell a part of my clothes. So that's uh, one of my goals them. for this year. Donate them. Don't sell them. Oh, yeah. Donate. Yeah. I, I, this was my first thought. I Look at you, feeling entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Immediately <laughs> after my... <laughs> saying that, I just thought, like, you know what? Secondhand shops are already overflowing with women's clothes. So, <laughs> mm, yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah, I know. But my I... friends came in and and said, "Why don't you do? Uh, why why don't you sell them?" Yeah. Do Do you have like a million clothes where this is a problem? Hmm. <laughs> Not really. I, <laughs> I guess the mm-hmm part is <laughs> me. Like that. Just, just you know, female standard of clothes. <laughs> I guess it's a pretty no- normal amount of clothes. Yeah, let's go with yeah. that. Let's go with that mm-hmm, version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, it's good that you're doing something about it. Yes. How do you balance this in this whole um, consumerism world? So would you not buy new clothes, for instance, until you actually need them? Or if you buy a new dress, you're going to sell an old dress? Mm, I think it's... uh, mm -hmm. I've heard about this. When you buy something, you need to uh, throw something away, right? I I just came up with it right now. I had no idea that's a thing. Ah, Okay, okay. Because I I, 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 I have read about this. Yeah, I've heard about that too. Because mm-hmm. you can do minimalism in multiple method. ways. Sorry? I-, I said I don't think it's a good method because you end up with the same amount of, of clothes. I've read a book. Uh, Marie Kondo. Yeah, that's the name of the author. I think it's also a, um, a documentary on Netflix with it. Okay. Marie Kondo method of cleaning or I don't know, tidy with Marie Kondo something like this Uh, and she says that you need to uh, put all your stuff from one category, let's say uh, your t-shirt okay, and you throw them in the middle of your room and you just pick, I don't know, your favorites you just need to take them one by one in your hand and uh, ask yourself if this sparks joy. 
if this t-shirt brings joy to your life? And if the answer is no, you just throw, throw, throw it away. I've heard oh. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. And I it's just a nice it. exercise. I just checked it. It's called Tidying Up with Mar Marie Kondo. Okay, okay. This is this is the thing. And I'm at the first category, <laughs> clothes. And it's it's nice. It's it's cleaning up. Hmm. Would you like to to try this, or you don't have much, <laughs> actually? I never picture myself as having a mm. lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I have stuff, but it's by no means a lot. So one of the complaints I give when somebody comes and visits me, I have this uh, big. How do you call it? It's not a word, but it's what's the thing with shelves? I'm I don't have the world. Uh, not cupboard or something. It's something that has shelves. Regardless, I have a couple okay. of shelves above my bed, and okay. they're completely empty because I don't have enough stuff <laughs> to put on them. And everybody tells me just put stuff on them. It looks bad because it's empty. Like I don't have stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a minimalist not by choice i guess mm -hmm. well it is by choice you choose not to buy more clothes or well, stuff in general yeah yeah i guess like it wasn't i didn't set up the intention of being a minimalist i just bought only when i needed i guess mm -hmm. god i think that makes me a minimalist hoarder <laughs> oh how's that, <laughs> how's that? <laughs> it's because like I like to think that I don't need a lot of things in my life, yet my house is full of shit. <laughs> I have like a whole dressing room full of... It's not really full of clothes that I wear. Mm -hmm. It's like two maximum free shelves of it that I use, but the whole room's a dressing room, so <laughs> I don't really use any of it. Like I have a whole section of uh, button-down shirts that since I have gained weight, I have not worn at all in the last three years. But you, you still keep them. Yeah, because yeah. ideally, I'd like I like wearing them. It's just that I feel uh -huh. morbidly obese wearing them, so I don't. So just there, and I'm looking at them, and they're they have become they have transcended from being clothing items to being tools of self shaming. <laughs> this is where the cleaning method comes in. You throw them on the ground. And you ask, do you bring joy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> By that logic, none of them bring me any joy. Yeah, this is the perfect example. Why can't yeah. we all just be naked forever? <laughs> all outside. Let's go all about Adam and Eve all the way. <laughs> Use a big leaf or a small leaf, depending, you know. Let's move to Hawaii. <laughs> then we can do that. Move to Hawaii? Hawaii, yes. I wonder if public nudity is illegal there. I can name a couple of nude bitches if you want to go down that alley. There? In the exotic side? or Not here? in the exotic side. <laughs> both here and a couple of places. Hmm. Well, like in Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen hmm. a couple of them in, in Croatia. Yeah. I don't know. I never... I've never personally been to one. I've been. They're yeah. not that fun. 
here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, here. Yeah, we have them at, we have one at Vama Vega. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then That's I've right, been there as well. Fun, it sounds. We went there together. But we were off season, completely off season. Yeah, that's true. There are still naked people. One naked people. Oh no! Wait, we went two years ago. Uh, Together with, with Alex, yeah, and then uh -huh. there were a lot more nude people. Yeah, that, yeah. Then that, then that's true. But I don't know. I don't know what's supposed to happen at a. At Not. A, it's just the beach. Yeah, I know, and it's just that you're naked. I don't know, man. It's just the the sexual implications, right? <laughs> That are clearly not there ever, but you know, a man can hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think you you basically consider it just just as going to the gym. Oh, everybody's right. looking good or everybody's naked, but nobody makes eye contact. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because everyone stinks at the gym. <laughs> yeah, everyone's sweaty. Do you go to gym? I haven't been to the gym in four weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I don't know, something like that, unfortunately. Mm. And I have gained some weight due to that situation. How do you gain weight in three weeks? I eat a lot in the evenings. <laughs> don't, just, just don't. But life's good, so... <sighs> I don't know. What about you, Colleen? When's the last time you went to the gym? With me four oh, weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, but I have not gained weight since. Yeah, because you're a responsible human being. Yes, uh, Flavia, what's your poison? Yeah, my last time. Yeah, what's your, what's your poison? Do you go to the gym? When was the oh, last time? I used to, <laughs> when I lived in uh, in the dorm, because it it was very close to me. But it's not still, anymore. What? It's still as close to you. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's close. It's, you have another five minutes than I do. Ten. Okay, ten. Yeah, and I work, you know. I try to do sport, actually. I This weekend, I, I haven't done any because I, I, I was sick. But I try to do sport at home. You know, 10 minutes of uh, upper body workout <laughs> or lower body, whatever. And I also do yoga. This I do every morning. That's cool. That yeah. counts. Yeah, yeah. That's I try to balance this morning and evening mm. as much as possible. God, I don't remember when we used to go do, when we used to go yoga, Colleen. <laughs> You tried yoga? Oh, yeah. We went together to a couple of yoga classes. Yeah. Oh, nice. God, like, what was it? Two years ago. Yeah, I think so. Jeez. It was after, year? The after the first time I went to play. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here. Mm -hmm. Nice. I went to play and I got at the very end of this outdoors yoga class. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I, think I caught at like 10 or 15 minutes just at the very end. And everybody made, they didn't make fun of me, but at some point the instructor just said, uh, look at me, or you can look at that guy, that being me, who obviously oh. has, has not practiced ever before, like with a very sarcastic voice. I'm like, haven't, just flexible. <laughs> but basically, I, 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 when the class was over, I went to her and asked her, like, 
I want to do yoga for this specific reason, meaning I was doing a lot of uh, weightlifting and I felt my joints and muscles getting tighter and I wanted to loosen them up. Mm-hmm. She directed me to a yin yoga class. Is this class where you take poses and you stay for prolonged times in the poses? Like maybe you it's stay passive yoga. Yeah, passive yeah. yoga. You stay like one or two minutes in in a pose. It's it's so, basically stretching. Mm-hmm. But it's so yoga. You, yeah, it is. It is. But um, for more um physical reasons, not spiritual. Well, right? it, it's yoga plus mindfulness a lot uh-huh. more than than normal yoga. Because normal yoga is poses and active stuff and a lot of sweating and a lot of chanting. Whereas yin yoga, well, I don't know, but the one time I went there. There's, oh. there's a lot of talking in the language I didn't understand. <laughs> Usually but, when you go to yoga class, it, at the very end, everybody chants home, like, I think three times. Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. The, the, the one I went to, the, the, the God, I don't even remember, Vinyasa or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of talking in Hindu or whatever. A lot of, a lot of chanting beforehand, a lot of praising the sun god or some shit. Oh, sand salutations, maybe, or I, no, I don't know. No, no. It was it was a lot of and then everyone was saying that, and then she was doing like, and I was like, wow, I will not say anything because I don't know what to say. I'll just yeah. let I'll just let things unfold. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was a fun experience. <laughs> I was completely 100% drenched <laughs> within the first two minutes. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult. Yoga is yeah, very difficult. It can be, it doesn't have to be, depends on what you do, because we've yeah. been to our instructor's classes when we, where we did the yoga, and it was I was okay with that, but then yeah. at some point, I've been to the gym when and somebody just knocked me in yoga class and this was the same instructor and this was an intermediary class and I'm like wait hold up this is on a whole different level <laughs> yeah. to, go, to, to come back to your question so I always almost exclusively done yoga for uh, physical reasons except for maybe one or two instances I didn't really, really made the connection to the spiritual part of yoga mm-hmm. I did I remember. <laughs> you had to share? Uh, no. No, fine. No, it's just like I really, I really, because I, I, I was going to say that um, yin yoga is a completely different thing than normal yoga. It's a lot more mindfulness and a lot more stretching and a lot more, uh, like like you said, Colleen, poses that last longer. But but it to me, it was more about the mindfulness and the meditative state of it. So I could I could bring myself into a into a state of like deep meditation while in the poses and especially afterwards at the end. Uh, and it, it felt like tripping balls. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. At the yeah. very end, when you when you lay down in the course pose or. What was the Shavasana? I think it was Shavasana. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's when you get like the very clear clarity of mind. Yeah. Just to put it like that. 
and I, I do like that so that's one of the times I can actually feel something but I, I feel more like it's a very deep relaxing state not necessarily um, spiritual mm-hmm. I, yeah sure go ahead I, I think that also this tiredness of the muscles help us with oh, the yeah, state definitely. of definitely mm-hmm. endorphins just flowing through your body because you work them out work it out <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then this other time I know I was outside I was doing some calisthenics and at the very end I was I was I had this I think it was a video it was a guided yoga practice and I remember just staying probably in upward dog or something and I could feel the body stretch and it hurt a bit but it can I could tell it was a good kind of a thing <laughs> and it just I don't know what the instructor said at some point, and I just realized that wait, this depthness to whatever you feel is not just awkward poses where you feel stuck. There's levels and ways you can appreciate whatever happens here. If you remember, Mike, that's that's the genesis of the whole three levels of music theory that I have. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's what out of yoga, but that's the only things I can um, brag about yoga and spirituality mm-hmm. but don't you find it difficult to um come in this state of uh, mindfulness and meditation sort of when you are surrounded by other people i wasn't surrounded by other people at then but even if i'm outdoors by myself or if i'm in a class i don't really care there's a lot of background noise going on there yeah, I don't know what ha- what's happening. There's a there's a phone vibrating. I My think. phone. I'm sorry. Okay, no. <laughs> so, uh, what? Let's let's go over this again. What do you mean by other people around? Like, if they're just uh, best buyers, or if there's people in the class? No, in the class, because you said you you done you've done yoga in in class, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. But no, I mean everybody's there. Everybody's doing the same thing. They're yeah. deep inside their mind they don't care about you you why should you care about them yeah caring about you basically uh-huh. Uh-huh. no it was not difficult to enter a state of mindfulness with other people around you because i i found it hard i uh, mm-hmm. attend uh, yoga days in arad okay uh this in summer arad. yeah 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 <laughs> And um, it was open doors um, near uh, near Moresh. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty hard for me to, you know, find my focus and uh, concentrate on the poses with a lot of people around me because I started doing yoga by myself in my room uh, on my own <laughs> with my candles. <laughs> and it was. So yeah. it was basically it was, that was your first class yeah yeah okay. mm-hmm. so i i, I kind of cheated the system a bit because i i'm used to meditating in a group setting mm-hmm. let, me, let me explain that because that sounded sounded really cultish so we <laughs> we would have this thing even when i would do martial arts at the beginning at the very and at the very end you have like this uh, two three minutes where you meditate the idea about it was you you come to the to the gym to the dojo you leave your problems at the door that's why the first meditation is, and then you practice. And then the second meditation is whatever you learn here, 
you leave it inside the dojo and you go back outside. So it's just this way of marking and cleaning your mind before practice yeah. and after it. So that was my thing, my first interaction with this. Even if back then we didn't call it meditation, it was just you stayed in silence. Mm -hmm. I think now that I think about it, I, I, I believe we have some sort of a mantra we were supposed to think about or something like give me strength, give me courage, something along those lines. Hmm, that's nice. So I had that and just practicing in a room, but I it didn't feel like it was anything special for me. And I'm by no means a yoga instructor, but I'm guessing that the fact that you had um, the fears that somebody else would judge you while uh, trying to be mindful is just part of the practice and you should learn to, to identify these thoughts and then just let them go. Mm-hmm. Nice. I've yeah. also attended those yoga days. Um, a class called, if I remember correctly, Satsang, I think. It's something uh, that would be translated as you sit, sat, and uh, Sang is the company around, around you, and you basically uh, talk about truth, and it, <laughs> it were um uh, some awkward moments at the beginning because we didn't know what to do uh and we sit there in a meditation pose with our eyes closed and uh i don't know how should i call her the teacher said that we should open our eyes and we should talk and basically it wasn't there were many questions you know we were supposed to talk about the the supreme truth about our problems about our, I don't know, things that makes us happy, sad, and so on. And the teacher keeps, uh, um, kept us um, asking, uh, kept asking us, uh, why? Why, why, why? It was interesting. Mm -hmm. Sounds very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. It was the first, my first experience hmm. of, of this interesting mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i i didn't have any problems with with the with the people around me because i'm generally open and extroverted so i was like i don't i don't give a shit there are other people around me they're there for the same reason i am so mm -hmm. and i don't think i've i don't think i've i've never definitely never done yoga before i've done a little bit of me uh, mindfulness meditation thingy before uh and then we did the yoga thing for what like half a year or something we only went a few times uh, in in a group you mean yeah yeah mm -hmm. this was like pre-pandemic we'd go to this uh what do you call it to a <laughs> i don't know class or yeah well to a a place of meditation a place yeah. of yoga i don't know yeah. a dharma or whatever the hell it's called <laughs> That's just, that that means path. It was basically it was a yoga class, but the class itself was very it looked like a temple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or it was decorated as as such. And why don't you why didn't you uh, keep this practice during the lockdown? Because uh, you said it was pre-pandemic, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we kind of we kind of stopped going before the pandemic hit. 
I don't mm, okay. know why. I can't remember why we stopped going. Because we like the gym more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do. Forget I, about yeah. yeah. I do have uh, the Calm app, and I've started using it more and more every day, and it's really helpful. Calm. Yeah, it's an it's an app uh-huh. called Calm. I have a I have a yearly subscription, and uh, like every day, it gives you a ten minute uh meditation a guided meditation thing mm-hmm. um and it's really good and it oh it's always seemingly on topic for some reason i don't know they're reading the universal energies or some shit i don't know but it's very on topic every time uh and it's it's great it's really nice it's it's very easy it's very focused on mindfulness and they have a shitload of other stuff in the app they even have like uh people reading you books for bedtime they have one by uh, read by Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to those. I just I just use it for the meditation, and I've started using it recently for uh, breathing exercises. They have that now too. So they have like what kind of, what uh, kind of exercises? Uh, all kinds. They have. Uh, let me open it up. They shit wrong one. Uh, <laughs> they have. A thing, uh, where is it? Breathing exercise. So they have uh, relax, balance, restore, focus, energize, unwind, shit like that. But it's basically so, like, relax is you inhale for four seconds and then you exhale for six seconds. Then balance is four, two, four. So I'm guessing you breathe in, you hold for two seconds, and you breathe out. Uh, I've only done the relax one and I've done the focus one, which is four, 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 four. So you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds, and you hold it for four seconds. Mm. Um, but the relax one is is really helpful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they, I, I'm curious if there's like a science behind this. Because there has it, to be because I've used you know there's this um, there are these animations that you're supposed to breathe in sync with. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it did the same thing yeah. with this app. Yeah. So I. I sent this to somebody who was on the verge of a panic attack and and the person in question actually said that they were about to fall asleep whilst two minutes ago they were panicky. Yeah, the, the first time I used this was when I had a panic attack, I think last week. Uh, but th- like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm curious how much of it is science and how much of it is placebo. It is science because it's the way... Uh, how how well let me let me find a way to explain this it's someone along the lines of fake it till you make it works kind of the same way it's the same principle like if have you ever saw that thing that if you have a pen in your mouth it's way easier to laugh at jokes even if they're bad (laughs) i've heard of that i've seen people do that yeah so the, the, the the reasoning behind it is the brain understands that the mouth's already open and someone in the position of a smile and just to facilitate smiling and laughing more and the mm-hmm. fact that you breathe as if you were calm in the case of the brain that it, it should be in a calm state because if you are stressed or anxious or nervous the first thing you do is you shorten the breath like <laughs> and that gives you a response in the body then if you do the same thing like calm and like four times in hold it for four times and whatever yeah it gives the same response to the body that you need to calm down. Not you need to calm, but there's no reason to be agitated. Right. 
It's like yawning. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's half, half, probably, because mm-hmm. you also uh, uh, bring the oxygen into your, your brain. And also, as Colleen said, it's a placebo effect. Hmm. There's also, these ones are, e- I, I'll, I'll call them easy because they only need you to relax you, but there's also this, I don't remember the name of it, there's this breathing exercises practice, Wim Hof. Uh-huh. Not no. No, not that one. That one also has, that has physiological effects that you can actually feel in your body. That guy's nuts. You, you tried his breathing techniques, didn't you? A couple of times, they're fun. Hmm. Fun is one way to describe him. It it's that practice where you have to breathe very uh, violently. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah, and the, the whole reason behind it is that it brings more oxygen into the lungs, and uh-huh. it, I think the scientific words makes your blood a bit more alkaline. Whatever the idea is, it's more oxygen, and you're supposed to have twenty breaths. You inhale as hard as you can, and or and exhale lightly or the other way around. I can't remember. There, there's a video there. You just well, search for Wim Hof breathing exercise, and there's a video where he does it alongside with you. So you cannot fail. You have to do 20 breaths and three rounds of 20 breaths, and at the end of it, you feel like dizzy a bit, and the the arms and hands feel tingly. Yeah, because you fucking it's hyperventilate, of course. Yeah, you hyperventilate. This is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. That's what but I'm saying. Have you tried this? Yeah, a couple of times. Oh, how many have you reached? 20? Uh, uh, three. The, the, it's nothing that's stopping you. It's just a bit of an effort to do it, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that should stop you. Did so, you get high? Or well, did you... Yeah, for like a minute or two you do, but then it fades out when the oxygen level balances, and then that's that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, just try it. It's, it's fun. I'm telling you. Imagine fun. you're becoming oh. a becoming a Wim Hof junkie, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm feeling it." Oh, and then I feel like, "Shit, I need another dose." <laughs> oh, oh yeah, just jump in this frozen lake now. <laughs> okay. There's this other therapy. Let me just finish this. There's yeah, this go for it. Therapy that involves breathing, and I cannot remember. Still cannot remember the name of it, but. You're supposed to have, it's in a group setting, you have some instructors, they tell you how you're supposed to dream, to do, to breathe. And people have full-on reactions to these, like people start crying, they're still feeling stuff, they revisit childhood memories. What the fuck? There's <laughs> the instructors that actually taught you if, there are cases when people just, start going straight to the wall they like fall into this sort of a trance and they have to be close by with pillows okay that's just like, like a... drugs it's not hot everything because that's a yoga thing it's it's yeah, I, i'm so pissed it's, it's drugs i'm telling you man but they're <laughs> natural there's no substance involved yeah yeah i i think i saw some of these practice on a Netflix documentary documentary called Unwell. From from these you got Colleen your ideas? No, I know, I know no. somebody okay. who studied psychology and she knew and she attended some of these uh, workshops. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's nuts. 
Yes. Uh, a friend of mine also went there and he, he told me he, he didn't feel anything at this level, but there were people next to him that had full on experiences while doing this. There's always the crazy guy next to you. No, the thing is, it wasn't just one. Hmm. Okay, how the fuck is that thing called? I'm so pissed I cannot remember. <laughs> I'm also searching. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't care that much. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna search with you guys. But it's frustrating. Yeah, it's only frustrating if you care. <laughs> Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Colleen will find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll post it. Probably don't find it until we finish here, but I'll look for it. Well, I was I was going to say that we are nearing the end of the episode. Um. So unless Colleen wants to say anything else. Nope. Don't think I'll find it. <laughs> All right. Oh. We'll we'll text you later when he finds it, and then we'll please do. We'll we'll make a thing online or whatever. We yeah. Should, we should post the thing. I, wait, 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 wait. Do, do I remember? Wait, give me a second. Oh. It's, it's this one. It might say, be holotropic breathing. Holotropic breathing. It might wow. be. Holotropic. Now we are searching. Yeah. What is holotropic breathing? Holotropic breath work. What the fuck? Stanislav Grof. Wow. Okay. It starts off with is a new age term for various breathing practices in which the conscious control of breathing is said to influence a person's mental, emotional, or physical state with a claimed therapeutic effect. I call bullshit. I call 100% bullshit on this. There are pictures of people with with like the, the, the tripping on acid effect in the background. I tried trippy breath work. Said, said he who had the same reaction laying down after yoga class. Just saying. My story with holotropic breath work. Shamanic breathing technique plus live. No. I just, I'm sorry. I... Well, as, I can't as, take as these you people with serious. Any of these things are full of bullshit. And you have to navigate around them. Yeah, um, true. That's true. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> Flavia. <laughs> yeah. We are at the end of the episode. Yeah. Do you know what that means? No. That means you have it... not listened to the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it means that um, you get. A roughly 20 seconds to plug Aww. in anything you want whether it huh. is whatever your instagram handle or if you have a whatever online presence or if you want to recommend a book or a movie or a tv show or anything anything you want the world to know mm -hmm. you get your, your your chance mm -hmm. to say that now <laughs> okay so i don't know Make love, don't smoke, or <laughs> don't buy too much stuff. Um, buy experiences, not stuff. Um, drink lots of water. That's buy lots one. of plants. Enjoy life and <laughs> read that book. Yeah. You yeah. saw three people. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> use sunscreen. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Use, use floss. Was that and floss? Yeah, yeah. Was that the one in Exurbia? Was it floss or was it use sunscreen? He has the one with floss, and there's this a different one with use sunscreen. I oh god, I have. You're right. I forgot about the existence of that one with the use sunscreen. You're welcome. I need to find it again. That was a really good one. It was like a song, right? It was like a song in the background and a guy talking. Yeah, people just uh, life motivational good stuff. It's the guy with the oh, it's isn't it the guy with the your twenties are a blur and then you work all your twenties and your thirties pass and you're forty or some shit. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember it's beautiful. You're beautiful, both of you. All of us are beautiful, <laughs> and I love all of you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I uh, I'm tripping balls because I was using breathe. I was doing breathing exercises, and now I'm loving yeah. everyone because that's how it works. Oh, Stop the- breathing through the podcast. <laughs> you have to be professional. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, thank you, Flavia, for being on the podcast. We hope you thank had you a too. great time. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Kaleem, and thank you, myself, and thank you, the universe, and thank you, the world, and thank you, the listeners. Um, namaste, everybody. Namaste, everybody. That's it. That's it. It's done. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you for being on the show. And that's a wrap. It already. Bye bye. That's a wrap. Bye. Bye.